0: President, Mac Nichols, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. It's about time we got you on here.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you to start off. So, I've been asking a couple of people this because it's a rule that I never... Well, let me ask you first. So, <laughs> I'm coaching this club lacrosse, and I know you, you remember the Gilman lacrosse people team, for people who don't know, yeah. uh, Mac Nichols. Um, I'm coaching this club lacrosse team this weekend, and... It's overtime, Okay. and everyone's trying to get out of there anyway, it's like Sunday, yeah. late, and kid on my team shoots a goal in overtime, he's a pretty okay. good shooter, goalie makes the save, so it goes in the goalie stick, but the goalie stick goes way back across the plane of the goal into right. the net. like into the net. Yeah, true. the ref says no goal.
1: That's gotta be a goal.
0: I say, are you kidding me, <laughs> that is a goal.
1: It crossed the plane.
0: Like, that's the, oh, that's what I said about a yeah. hundred times. Yeah. Do you think that's a goal or I not? I think
1: it's a hundred percent a goal. I've never seen. It, I don't think I've ever actually seen that happen in the game. Um, but I mean, the, the ball crossed the plane. It's got to be a goal. Okay. Well, have I, you have you like looked at check the rule book?
0: Called two referees <laughs> oh, right after the game because I was mad. Yeah. So the referee goes. So the referee goes. I'll bet you $100,000 that I'm running. Oh, no way. I, I was, was like, like, this guy. That's a
1: bold call, $100,000. <laughs> I was
0: like, this guy must know what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So I called two referees right after, and they get out the rule book and have to look it up because they didn't even know. Right, right. And it is not a goal because wow. the ball has to be loose beyond the plane of I the goal. I did not know that. That's, so that's pretty crazy. We learned something about lacrosse in <laughs> yeah. the club scene. but yeah.
1: What uh, What club team do you coach?
0: I was just helping out with the crabs. Nice. I've been yeah. floating around with club lacrosse for a little bit here, and I just don't know if it's my uh, my bag because it's it's all about win. A lot of it's, it's about winning. Yeah. And you don't really get to coach that much and right. teach the game.
1: I feel like it's also about like showcasing like your own ability more so than. Of the team so it's definitely very
0: different yeah for the players it's right and like I'm a product like I played club lacrosse growing up but it's much different now and it's mm. even more different I think in Baltimore yeah than it was in Philly at least for me growing up it's yeah. probably the same now but um, there's not much teaching it's about kind yeah. of hot dogging a little bit or showing your stuff yeah and it's I don't know like the tournaments are a little toxic it's like parents yeah. are screaming at the refs the refs are screaming at the coaches I said I would never say anything to a referee until that last call. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, that is a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But good thing I didn't bet any money on it. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that would have been bad. <laughs> I was like, all right. Would have been I'm out $100,000. I'm going to go double check. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go double check that one. Yeah, but, yeah. um, So you're involved in lacrosse here at Gilman. Yep. Um, yeah. What What else? Um, or when did you start playing lacrosse? And um, and what has your experience been like here playing at Gilman?
1: Um, I started, like... Ever since I could hold a stick, probably three or four, I think a lot of people in Baltimore are kind of like that. Um, it's always been a huge part of my life. Like my dad and I, we've gone to Loyola University lacrosse games like forever um, because he played there. Oh, nice! Um, and my experience at Gilman's been been great. Um, coach No Nostrand last year was he was a great coach to be under, um, and I'm excited to to play under a Coach Contreras. So so we'll see it happens, but I've I've really enjoyed it. Um.
0: Uh, What else do you involve yourself with at Gilman? Do you have other sports that you play? And maybe we can get into kind of your student government involvement and where that started out.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So I started playing hockey um, freshman year. Um, And I started doing that kind of like on the JV team where like without knowing how to skate. Um, so
0: that Without knowing how to skate? Yeah. You could just come out for JV hockey. Yeah.
1: And that that was kind of like what like the JV hockey team is kind of for like. They had a bunch of seniors on that team on the JV team, um, who had no idea how to skate. Um, so mm-hmm. it was like it was so fun, um, but we lost like every game. Like I remember, MSJ, I think the was, was like seventeen to nothing. Like in hockey, because um, the other JV JV teams were like really good. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like there aren't like A conferences or B conferences for, for JV. It's all just like the legit po- hockey program, like JV teams.
0: So do you have to spend a lot of the time in the beginning of that learning how to? How to skate?
1: Yeah, yeah. For like the first thirty minutes of every practice, it was like skating drills. Oh um, my god! <laughs> yeah.
0: But guys love um, going out for JV hockey.
1: Yeah, it's no, a, it's it's a blast. It's it's really fun. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, um. And and how about the student government? Like, when did you kind of figure out that you wanted to mm-hmm. run for school president?
1: Um. Well, freshman year, I ran to be freshman class president. Um. And that I I bombed speech. It went horrible. Um, I didn't even, even end up getting like vice president or, or secretary or anything. Um, so then, sophomore year, I didn't run. Um, and then, junior year, I did for vice president. I was just kind of like, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I was always kind of interested in student government. Um, it just seemed like, you know, another extracurricular to kind of fill my time. Um, and then, I really enjoyed kind of my time as the junior class vice president. Um, And towards the end of the year I kind of I think I decided I wanted to run Um, the decision was kind of like kind of twofold I thought one by that point I kind of developed like a real love for Gilman and I thought I could be pretty good at student body president and also somewhat selfishly I knew that I would come out the other end like a much better public speaker and a much better leader Um, Mm -hmm. so those kind of like the two biggest reasons I decided to to run
0: interesting so your junior year um, what kind of Uh, were you involved in as a junior class vice president maybe how did that influence your decision to run for president yeah
1: um I was mostly just kind of like fundraisers and junior year was kind of a weird time because it was like hybrid we were online for for a lot of it um but I remember like kind of running around like trying to sell bagels to people like in the morning in class Mm -hmm. um and like that was kind of a fun experience not that many people want like cold bagels at like you know, in between first and second period, yeah. I was like trying to like sell them these, these bagels from Panera. Um, it, it was mostly food sales. Like, I we also ran the bingo night, mm-hmm. um, which was like the first time the class was kind of back in person all together, um, like just just for fun. So, so that was a really good time, um, and I I really enjoyed it um, genuinely. So, even though it was kind of like. It was kind of difficult, and we didn't get to do as much as we probably did under a normal year. Um, it was I still enjoyed the experience, and it, that that definitely kind of led into me wanting to run for um student body president.
0: When you say that towards your senior year you developed a love for Gilman, mm-hmm. what do you think? What do you think that's about? Like, how did that um, love for Gilman kind of develop? I guess in in that time.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think there are a couple different reasons for that. Um, one. Like, as I matured, I think I just kind of realized, like, what it is that we have here and how great it is, like, all the resources and all the people kind of supporting us. Um, and I don't want to, like, give too much away, but also seniors really helped me realize that as well. Um, so I think those were kind of the two biggest things. And also, as I kind of got, like, more confident personally, as I kind of grew up, I, like, started to be able to use all the different resources that Gilman kind of affords us. Mm -hmm. And I think that those were the kind of the main factors.
0: It's interesting, though, because uh, your whole junior year, you were pretty much at at home. I mean, save for the last couple of months, I guess, when we came back to school. But it's interesting that you've felt like you grew a lot or at least developed an appreciation for Gilman during that such strange, distant time.
1: Maybe that's actually a good point. Maybe that's what helped me appreciate it so much. This kind of being away for so long, and then and then coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't thought about that, but that I'm sure that that kind of played a played a role.
0: What was that year like for you? Um, you were in my junior English class, and I remember yeah. we were zooming. I I actually didn't mind. Like I really liked our class, and mm-hmm. I felt like it went well over yeah. Zoom. All my classes went well over Zoom, even though it was you know I didn't really know the people that well or. was never in their presence before and kind of getting to know guys through the screen was tough at first but what was that like for you on the other end you know taking all of your classes over zoom for five six months or whatever it was
1: yeah I mean longer yeah there was there was definitely kind of some zoom fatigue and I think some classes kind of handled that better than than others I think our class went really well Um, The only thing that was difficult, if it it was, like, Friday and it was, like, you know, 80 minutes class or 70 minutes on Zoom or whatever, is a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, I just kind of got used to it. Like, you just fall into the routine of it like anything else. Um, I really appreciated the classes. And it's hard to do this for English just because so much of it is conversation. Um, But for, like, the sciences and math, like, the classes that... Kind of gave us some asynchronous work, and then you know, so maybe half the time we'd be working on our own, and half the time we'd be in class. Um, I felt that was kind of a good way to break it up. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, obviously, the time on Zoom sucked. But you know, you get you get used to it, like anything else.
0: What were the maybe biggest challenges for you having uh, pretty much a full year on Zoom? Was it Mm -hmm. the distractions, and maybe how'd you work through some of that stuff?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think the distractions definitely were there just because it was it's very easy to go on your phone when you're just you know at your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the toughest part was just staying focused and staying engaged in class, um, just because you're alone. Like you have the screen obviously, but like it's a lot easier to kind of stay muted and not participate um, when you're home alone than it is when you're in class. Like there's something about being in a classroom and having like a more genuine conversation that kind of prompts you to participate that you just don't get on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of that participation and active engagement was definitely the hardest thing to keep going. Um, and to kind of fight that, I just had to you know remind myself of you know, I'm still in class, like this is still school, and it, in order to get the most out of it, I still have to kind of do everything that I would do on a normal year.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Um, how about kind of like personally with Relationships and friends and that kind of thing. I think a lot this year about how, you know, when maybe kids are talking a little bit in my class or they're talking yeah. to each other before class starts, I kind of let that go more right. than I think typically a teacher would or should because I just remember you guys were, you know, at home disconnected and you yeah. missed out on like a whole year and a half of. Just getting to know other people your age, I think that's super important just for life and for your high school experience to, you know, just small talk a little bit. Like, you know, maybe I put you into a small group and you're talking about the book that we're reading, but then towards the end of the conversation, you're talking about something random. Like, that's what happens sometimes. Like, sometimes you ask a random question and it spirals into something else. It doesn't happen all the time, but I like to let that go a little bit because of what I know about your your experience, um, the past couple of years with COVID and just like friendships are, right. it's tough to maintain when you're away from everyone. How did you yeah. kind of deal with some of that stuff?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was definitely lonely sometimes. Like I remember when we came back, like from being full online, like those in-between class periods were like the greatest time just cause we had missed it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of saw that like with your friends, like your close friends, like you could kind of keep those relationships pretty easily just because, you know, you're hanging out anyways and you're talking anyways. Um, but it's with those kind of like like school friends, you know, the, the people that you hang out with when you're at school, mm-hmm. in between class periods, at lunch, that, you know, that's what you're really missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big part of social interaction. So that was, that was definitely kind of a big hole um, that was kind of hard to fill over Zoom for sure.
0: Yeah, in between classes, before classes. Yeah. You know, outside playing frisbee and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, you know, you see that around a lot on yeah. campus now, which is great. Definitely. Um, so, as president, coming back from a year like this, mm-hmm. you know, you're in charge of your your class and the upper school, and trying to get everyone back and engaged. What do you think mm-hmm. is really going well for the the upper school? student body in general um and then what what do you think is going well in the senior class right now Mm -hmm. or at least the beginning of the year
1: Mm -hmm. um I think that people are really excited to be back like there's this kind of energy that I think is just around campus that you know reminds me a couple of of a couple years ago and if not like even better Mm -hmm. um like people are always excited to go to games now um like I don't know if you've been to a volleyball game yet but they've been packed which is which has been awesome Mm -hmm.
0: um is that something that you had to inspire from people, or was it just naturally that they wanted
1: to go and show out? Um, I think like maybe a little bit came from me, but it, it's mostly you know everybody else. Like people were just fired up and ready to go, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm super excited. I think they have the semifinals like next week, and the championship is next Friday. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Um, but in terms of the senior class specifically, that that's I think much harder to answer. But I, I think it's kind of the same thing. Like people are excited to be back. Um, Something that I've noticed is that I think it's it's a little like clickier than it than it would be on a normal year hmm. um, Just because of COVID people are like we're only hanging out with their friends um, But I think as the year kind of goes on that'll that'll dissipate and definitely after senior retreat um, If I would guess I would say that would probably go away
0: um, So senior retreat happens every year yeah. Um the whole senior class goes to this kind of remote area and stays over for a weekend, and I know you went as a junior, right? What was yeah. what was the experience like going as a junior? And for people who don't know, like why why do we
1: why do juniors even go on a yeah. senior retreat? Um, so juniors go every year on the senior retreat so they can kind of learn what it's about, um, so they can lead it the next year. Um, so every senior retreat has some student leaders. Um, and last year, I remember when I first got there it was kind of nerve wracking, um, and it was just me and Ryan Alvezados who were there on that specific retreat. So it was only two juniors, and normally there's like a lot more, like a whole group of juniors. Um, so that part, yeah, that that was I was a little nervous, um, but you know, after the first day, it's like you're just you're just one with with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people do a pretty good job of kind of being vulnerable and and accepting others on senior retreat. So it. We didn't really skip a beat, I don't think. Um, So it was a great experience. I'm really glad I had that opportunity to go um, last year. So do you think the
0: senior classes change um, from before the retreat to after the retreat Mm -hmm. because guys get to know each other a little bit more deeply on that experience?
1: Yeah, I think – I mean, I would hope so. I haven't seen – like a class post senior retreat just because last year's senior retreat was like at the very end of the year. Oh, true. Um, and yeah. then like everybody went on their senior encounters or whatever. Um, but I know personally for me it's like I definitely looked at some of that senior class you know differently and like appreciated them more. Um, and even we just have like a training retreat for the people who will be leading this one. And that was like a very condensed and like much shorter experience. But even after that, I have like have a much greater appreciation for those guys. Hmm. Um, So I haven't seen that. But if I had to guess, I would say that that's probably what what will happen.
0: Um, What do you think um, in terms of your position as the school president? What has kind of been the um, most expected or kind of rewarding aspect of that? And what's been the most maybe unexpected or Mm -hmm. most challenging part
1: of that role yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a great question. Um, I think the most kind of rewarding part um, is, like, planning something and having it go well. Like, the dance, the homecoming dance, like, that's, like, student council's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody had a great time. Um, and obviously, that's not just me. That comes from, you know, Mr. Flint, Mr. Schmick, and all the chaperones um, as well. But that's definitely rewarding, rewarding to see. Um, and also kind of seeing people buy into, like, different just like student council kind of events. Like I remember the, the first, the first day of the school year or not the first, it was the third. So the first Friday we were back. Um, we just had like a barbecue and we brought like cornhole out. Um, and people were there just like listening to music, eating their burgers, playing cornhole. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was awesome to see. Yeah. Um, and also like seeing some people buy into like the spirit point system. Um, like, that, that's awesome to see as well. Um, they're definitely more, like, the underclassmen are getting really into it, which is cool to see. Yeah, um,
0: something I've actually thought a little bit about, just kind of observing assemblies and yeah. observing like, you talking to student body is, like, the freshmen's, the freshmen and the sophomores – Have, like, at least in the beginning of the year, had never experienced what it's like to be in the upper school. They're almost like straight out of middle school, even the juniors. Straight
1: out of like literally like seventh grade, like the freshmen. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's got to be a hard part is like at least teaching the younger students who you can't blame them, but like some of the traditions and some of the, you know, reasons to get excited and things to, you know, get out to and go to the volleyball game and, You know go outside and have a burger and stay a little bit later on Friday for the soccer game like trying to teach those traditions I feel like is probably pretty tough
1: yeah no absolutely and I think it's kind of like that every year but like you said it's definitely exasperated by the fact that they're literally coming from sixth to seventh grade Mm -hmm. Um, and we even like this senior class we're the only class to experience a full year of what it's like to actually be you know at Gilman True. Um, yeah but that was our freshman freshman and sophomore year. So, like, it's really important that we we remember those traditions to kind of keep carrying them on um, because this would be the year for, if a tradition were to kind of fall off, like, it would be this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of been, like, on my mind, like, keeping, you know, those traditions going um, because I think that, that that's important. So. What are some of your favorite
0: um, traditions or things that Gilman does mm-hmm. as a student body or just as a, as a school
1: that you want to preserve and keep here? Definitely just like I think the spirit here is, is very very good just like people get excited for games um, and I, that's important to kind of get out and support your guys um, so I 100% kind of want to make sure that goes to the other classes um, and I think that the class presidents we have kind of lining up are also doing a very good job of that and think that's important Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the biggest thing. I'm really excited for the Pep Rally coming up and the Gilman McDonough game. Um, because every year, you know, that's a huge event and I'd love to see that keep going. Um, and hopefully that becomes like this year it'll be a really competitive football game and hopefully that kind of continues to be the trend so so people can get really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my class personally, um just in high school, like hasn't seen that many kind of like super impressive pep rallies. Um, but I've heard of kind of the, some of the stuff they did in the past. Like, I remember they had, like, skydivers come in or something. They had, like, a tank come in. I, we, we saw that. Um, so I would I would like to see kind of, like, these really cool events happening to, to kind of get people excited. So we have some skydivers yeah. on, <laughs> yeah. on their way for uh, this one. Unfortunately, no skydivers. No yeah. skydivers. They had, to,
0: they had to cut it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah Because sure. those um, – Coach Emela, who I share an office with, has shown me some of the – some of the previous pep rallies here yeah. at Gilman like a, a while ago when yeah. he was in high school and before and they were they pretty, were crazy. pretty outrageous yeah 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 no they were awesome so i'd like to kind of bring bring that back um, okay yeah cool um, so another thing that you have to do pretty much as class or school president is every assembly you have to get up in front of everybody and make announcements and call on people and talk um, yeah. was that a hard difficult hurdle for you to get over or have you kind of always been a natural public speaker or what has that experience been like
1: yeah um i, I was definitely very nervous the first couple of times um just because like it can be Gilman's assembly can be kind of a tough crowd sometimes and also you know anytime you're getting up to speak in front of a lot of people it can be nerve-wracking um but now i i just kind of enjoy it um like more often than not some days if I'm a little tired or, or whatever, I, like, don't feel like doing it. But you kind of still have to have that energy. Energy, um, And I think that can be kind of the hard part. Um, but, yeah, I enjoy it. Like, they're they're fun more often than they're not because, you know, everybody gets really into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What um Who are some of the people that you work with in student council and who you lean on? I remember I was in student council in, mm-hmm. in high school, and I don't think I could have – I mean, it wasn't the same as here at Gilman where mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like you guys – do a lot more than I probably did. I was class president in high school. Like I yeah. really didn't do much. I didn't even have to make many speeches. I don't know if I made a speech, which <laughs> yeah. is interesting. Um, but like I had, um, a, one of my good friends, Lindsay Snyder, was this was the secretary, and okay. she like ran the show. She did <laughs> she did everything, yeah. and I was kind of just there. Yeah. Um, who are some of the people that you lean on and who you work closely with and yeah. getting all these things done here?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, I I try to be a very active leader, but the student council is, like, absolutely 100% a team effort. Um, Like, Mr. Schmick, who's, like, the student council advisor. I think he's, like, the dean of student affairs. Um, I lean on him all the time. He's a great resource. Um, Dylan Kamnitz, who's the senior class president, super helpful. Um, Ben Weinfeld, junior class president, um, he's great. He always has good ideas. Same with Jamie Howard, who's a sophomore class president. Mm -hmm. Um, but all the guys, like they, they get into it. They kind of buy into, to, you know, making this year as as great a year as it could be. Um, so I can't be more like thankful to them. Um, they've been, they've been awesome.
0: Um, in addition to some of the like spirit stuff that you're working on and kind of getting everybody active and connected, Mm -hmm. what are some of the visions you have for the rest of the year in Mm -hmm. terms of making this kind of a memorable senior year as you guys, um, kind of go off
1: to college next year yeah. as a class? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, one thing that I kind of want to emphasize is um, kind of having more like like community events, just things for us to do together outside of games. Mm-hmm. Um, like this wasn't the student council, but the like last spirit day we did where we had upper school guys go down to the lower school and kind of play games with them. I think that's something that we should keep going like for the rest of the year. Like I saw that, like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and this Friday we haven't announced this yet, but we're doing like a dodgeball tournament for like faculty and students. It's um, like a fundraiser for the Donna Bentley Food Pantry. Nice. Um, so like I just I think that'll be really fun, and if, if guys kind of get into it, and I want to do stuff like that, like at least every season.
0: Yep. Um, that's a good idea. Yeah, And that'll be fun yeah. too, and get some yeah. people out there. Yeah, that on, exactly. That's
1: on the turf. So this, this is breaking news. It's breaking much. news. Yeah, <laughs> on the Path to Follow podcast. Um, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like just kind of doing more things together as a community, like faculty included. Um, right. I think I think that's kind of what I want to emphasize.
0: Yeah. So kind of a tougher question, um, but related to your role as the as the president. Yeah. Uh, who are some leaders that you look up to? Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're family members or people at the school or just mm-hmm. people in general? Like, who are some leaders that you? kind Of want to follow or mm-hmm. kind of be like, right? And what do you think it takes? What characteristics do you think make a
1: good leader? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. It's a great path to follow question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And I teach this leadership course, so I'm, yeah, getting oh, it, yeah, yeah, getting it straight from you.
1: Um, um, we're gonna have to show this in class. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the first person that comes to mind is Mr. Guline, um, in the math department. I think a lot of people look up to him as, as a leader, but just the the amount of care and attention that he gives to kind of every student, I think, is it's really, really impressive. Um, it's almost like unparalleled from what I've seen from from most other faculty members. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, obviously, you haven't gone to the math lab like as an English teacher, but if if anybody spent ever any time in there, um, they know like just how much he cares about about everyone who goes in and kind of making sure they they come out with a better understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like just the time he takes outside of that um, like for lacrosse he was you know once a week or once every other week we would do like that character ad session um, and like that's not easy to do for him like he's a busy guy he's the chair of the math department um, but he's doing that for us um, and I think kind of the amount of like he's a hundred percent effort and like everything he does and I really admire that it's
0: hmm. a good example yeah so, um, so yeah, Mr. Gulan is great, and he's yeah. you know he's always on campus. He's always around. Yeah. he's with the, working with the teams. Yeah, um, I don't really know too much about the math lab. Obviously, like I'm I'm on the other floor, right. but right, right. that's just kind of where you guys go to get extra help. And he's yeah just always there, spending a lot of time with each
1: individual student. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it can be packed in the math lab sometimes. It's like this tiny little classroom, mm-hmm. and there can be like ten to fifteen guys in there, like all with different assignments. Um, but he'll get around to every guy and make sure you know everybody gets the help that they need um, i used to go to math lab a lot as a freshman i'm kind of in algebra two just like because i was adjusting the high school math right um sophomore and junior year i didn't really have to that much but this year i've kind of been back in um just because bc cal is kind of a, a hard class with dr Kraft, um and he's been he's been super helpful um mm. so yeah that's that's an awesome resource
0: um so who are some of your other favorite teachers that you've had mm-hmm. here at Gilman or some teachers who <clears throat> made an impact on you? Yeah. Uh, some Maybe some classes that you've taken that you've really enjoyed? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some just other rewarding experiences that you've had as a student here. Right. How long have you gone to Gilman, by the way? Uh, since sixth grade. Sixth grade? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thinking back to sixth grade, some, right. some of the more influential teachers, coaches, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, mentors that you've had?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I think I'll have to come back to the middle the middle school question, just kind of think on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as this year, the first person that comes to mind um, is Mr. Fitz, who he teaches AP bio. Um, similar to the Mr. Gulein, just kind of the passion he has for his subject. And, like, the care and attention he gives to, to all of his students is is amazing. Um, like, he's always willing to, to meet outside of class. Um, and he's always excited about what he teaches. And that that makes a huge difference kind of, you know, for students. Like, it's an 8 a.m. class. Um, so sometimes, you know, the class just isn't feeling it. But if he's excited, like, we definitely kind of feed off that energy. Right. Um, and it's a really tough topic. But, you know, him kind of giving us that, that passion and that excitement, I think it definitely transfers onto us and, like, gives us the energy we need to know understand the kind of complex biology mm-hmm. um, and kind of thinking back to middle school um, I think the, the first person who comes to mind and I never had him um, directly as a teacher but they kind of did this weird thing with math where they would combine the classes sometimes um, was mr. Colbertson. mm-hmm um, and I think the reason that it comes to mind is just because he was such, like, an eccentric guy. Um, but it's kind of similar to Mr. Glenn and Mr. Fitz, and I guess this is just a recurring theme, but, like, the passion he has for his subject and his students is, like, evident in every class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... So that that's kind of the biggest thing that, that I admire in teachers, is, like, you know, like, when they really care about us. Um, and I think you can see that, you know, it shows up in the class.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so... Uh Thinking about your time at Gilman is kind of coming to an end soon, a couple months. Yeah. Um, the people that are behind you, the freshmen, the sophomores, and maybe some of the middle schoolers that are watching you, um, what advice do you think you would give them as they become upperclassmen hmm. and they start to apply to colleges mm-hmm. and they start to think about you know leaving Gilman and appreciating Gilman and mm-hmm. moving on to certain things? Mm-hmm. Um, what advice uh, would you have maybe for younger guys here?
1: yeah um i think and kind of thinking about the this is water speech you had us watch in um in in our class Mm -hmm. um david foster wallace like kind of gilman for us is like kind of the water like we can kind of be oblivious to you know what it really means to be here and you know how lucky we are and just i think it's important to take the time to appreciate that um, but on a kind of a more like individual and personal level, and this is what I talked about in my senior speech, um, don't worry about like what other people think of you. Just kind of be yourself and, and figure it out and commit yourself to kind of learning who you are, um, and then the rest will follow. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good advice. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask you about that because I think that's really hard to do is yeah. not worry about what people no, think of you because yeah. I think we're all a little worried about yeah, – not sure. worried, but – know thinking about how other people perceive us and maybe mm-hmm. judge us and especially in high school when you're not you're not really sure who you are yet or what you like and right. if it's okay to like certain things um, I think that's tough how did you mm-hmm. like what was your story with that and becoming okay with you know being who you are and yeah. you know doing your thing and not really caring too much about what other people say
1: yeah no that's a great question I um, mean, even sometimes now, I would say like I do kind of think about what other people think, and I think it, the important thing is just trying to limit that. Um, I don't really know when the turn kind of happened um, because definitely as a freshman and probably also as a sophomore, um, I was very insecure and I worried what, like that was kind of the biggest thing on my mind, like what are what are other people thinking about this. Um, I think luckily for me, it just kind of came naturally as I matured. Um, but what I would say is just like spend like a couple weeks or a couple months just like reminding yourself that you know that doesn't matter what other people think like that's that's shallow and if you kind of constantly think about that um in my I don't think that you'll ever find kind of fulfillment or you'll never you'll never be happy um so just kind of like reminding yourself of the importance of that and I think after a couple weeks or a couple months at least for me um, I kind of saw like the difference in just how happy I was! Mm-hmm. Um, it's like so. f- freeing, almost that so you can yeah, do exactly. You
0: can pursue student government, and right you up. can stand up there in front of people, and right. You're not totally anxious and concerned about everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's pretty. Uh, it's almost lucky that you know you, f- you when you find that. It's yeah. pretty absolutely. Yeah, pretty great. Um, so thinking about what you're gonna miss most about mm-hmm. Gilman. Um, and I, I love the example of this is water speech because it's so true. Yeah. Like when you're in an environment for so long, it's hard to think about what it's like outside of that. Yeah. But what do you think you're going to miss most next year mm-hmm. here?
1: That's a great question. Um, well, the the first thing is obviously all my friends, like all the friends that I made. Um, I think I've made lifelong friends here, and I want to kind of like continue to, to kind of, effort into those relationships even when you know we're not um, together every day um, but i think also just kind of the support we have from you know we know that every faculty member here um, cares about us and you know they want to talk to us and they want to see us every day um, i think at college that that's probably that's definitely true too um, but you're in a much larger environment so you don't kind of have that that care that you have here mm-hmm. um, so i think i'm kind of ready to to break free from that but it's also definitely something i'm gonna miss
0: Um. yeah two really good examples the people around like i was thinking about that yesterday um, because i went into mr cheney sam cheney's office and Mm -hmm. i was getting some help with my writing and it's like that's pretty cool that you can just go into the guy's office and talk to him and have a conversation and get some help and this he's he's a poet you know he's a big time writer he's taking some learned from some great artists and some great poets. Um, and he has all of this knowledge that he's willing to share with you. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, people are happy about sharing their knowledge here, whether it's Mr. Guline or, right. you know, um, he, the administrators, Cesare, you come in and you say, hey Cesare, I want to start a podcast. <laughs> and he's like, let's do it. Yeah, You know, people yeah. are excited about that kind of thing where I feel like even in college, everyone's so busy. Right, You have so much else going on. It's not that people aren't busy here, but yeah. uh, it's just a like, more condensed yeah. atmosphere or place where that's what it's all
1: about here. Right, like all the people that are here are here for Gilman whereas mm-hmm. um, College. There's like a billion other different reasons You know, right. that they're there. Yeah. What has your
0: college uh, search and process been like? I know it's a busy time, mm-hmm. I've gotta finish up these college rec letters, yeah. and you've got some last essays to get in before yep. November 1st. Yeah. Um, has it been a pretty stressful process for you and during a year where maybe you couldn't get to some of these campuses to actually Mm -hmm. check out the schools, um, how did you kind of narrow your search or find Mm -hmm. the right list of schools
1: for for you? Yeah, Um, well I think there's kind of like two stages of like kind of what I'm looking for in a college. There are like the broader, like kind of qualifying aspects, um, like size and location, just kind of being the most important things, um, so I knew I wanted a college probably probably between like three 8 and ten thousand students, like a, like a middle sized school, um, and I for the most part wanted to stay on the east coast, um, so that was kind of the biggest like factor for me. Um, but then other than that, it's kind of finding more like school specific things. Um, like for me, I'm pretty sure I want to major in English actually. Really? Yeah.
0: Nice. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, uh, but I also want to do pre-med and probably minor, minor in, like, neuroscience. Um, So that's, like, a lot of different things to do. Um, so for me, a school with without, like, a heavy core curriculum would probably be better just because to fulfill an English major and the pre-med requirements and a neuroscience minor, that's, like, a lot of different classes already. Um, and if I had to take, like, all these different kind of core curriculum requirements, like, if I had to take language classes and, and like, high-level math classes, like, that would be difficult to do and also fulfill all those other things I want to do. Um, so that narrowed down the source quite a bit, too. Um, like, if a school has, you know, super rigorous core requirements, like, I'm it kind of is like a check-off. Like, I'm probably not I'm probably not going to end up looking at it. But that's, that's tough because most schools do have a core curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very few that don't. Um, but, like, my number one school right now is, is open curriculum. Um, so... So why English and why neuroscience? Mm-hmm. When when did you decide that?
0: Because it's very hard, I think, at least for me it was, yeah. to know exactly what you want to study when you're a senior
1: in high school. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think I've always kind of had a passion for, for books and for reading. So for me, like, that part was kind of easy. Um, like, I, I would love to be able to study what I love to do. Um, and the second part is kind of thinking about, okay, what else am I passionate about that I'm – really interested in that I can kind of take and do um, like after after school. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm pretty sure I, I wanted to be a doctor um, for a couple different reasons. Like I wanted to be able to do something where I could help people um, and also make money and mm-hmm. like there just aren't too many careers where you can do both of those. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and for whatever reason, um, I've always been really interested in the brain um, so that's just kind of how like that all came together. Um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, do
0: you take any psychology? I guess, what is the closest class that you could take in high school to that
1: is psychology? Um, we do have a neurobiology class here. Do you? um it didn't yeah. work with my schedule though, unfortunately. Um uh, but yeah, teaches a- teaches. Oh, that. really, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a summer ago, I took like an online course in um, neurobiology, and I've read a couple books. Um, so just kind of like personal of study I guess um Um, have you read when breath becomes air I have not you have not oh
0: my god (laughs) we got to get you on that I've gotten probably four people and my whole senior elective reading that book now and I just picked it up two weeks ago in the library it's about a neurosurgeon okay he's in his third year of residency okay um and he gets terminal lung cancer and it's like total shock he's in his 30s but he was an English major, okay. pre-med. Exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So all of the references are literary. He's bringing in mm-hmm. Samuel Beckett and mm-hmm. you know Dante and T.S. Eliot into his writing. Right. His writing's impeccable. It's amazing. And then you have the whole medical side at the yeah. same time. I mean, I have it right here. It's a, <laughs> What's it called? It's when, a must read for yeah, you yeah. because when, when, when breath comes there, when breath becomes air. Gosh, gotcha, gosh. Gotcha. Um, And, you know, when you're teaching an elective here, your curriculum is pretty set. I ordered the books and, um, you know, we're we're rolling, we're getting through all of them. And I was like, I can't not have this book in this senior elective course on leadership and character because it's about this guy who's really confronted with death and his whole like perspective changes completely. Yeah. Because his life is so uncertain now and he's battling with this illness and he's a doctor so he understands the entire medical Mm -hmm. side of it Mm -hmm. um but he also has this i think similar to what you're saying this like craving for knowledge and meaning Mm -hmm. at the same time right um so i think it's right up your alley i think you're gonna love it yeah no that sounds that sounds awesome yeah (laughs) Yeah. but it's been pretty cool to read with the high school students i wasn't sure how it was gonna go Mm -hmm. because it's pretty i mean it's heavy yeah um it's sad, obviously, but it's also, I think, perfect for the course and, you know, yeah. talking about meaning and talking about life and um, all of those things. You know, it's hard to think about, I think, when yeah. you're in, in high school and you you know think about where am I going next year and, you know, what am I doing? But it puts a lot of things in perspective, I think, right. um, for someone, someone your age, someone my age, doesn't matter. I think uh, the book is just amazing. I'm actually not even finished it yet, and it's—I already know it's amazing. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I would definitely recommend that one. Awesome! I'll definitely give it a try. Yeah, yeah. right up, right up your alley. It's exactly what you're describing. Yeah, that's um, funny. Yeah. And you had a book recommendation for I, me I yep. for
1: for the viewers here for everyone. Yeah. Uh, w- w- what did you choose? Um, it's called The Anthropocene Reviewed. Um, by John Green. I'm mean, I actually just finished it like a, a couple weeks ago. Um, What's the title again? Sorry. The Anthropocene Reviewed okay um so it's like a collection of essays kind of on like a ton of different random things um but they all kind of center back on like how is this world like how has it been shaped by kind of like our presence here as humans um and he talks a lot about kind of his personal experience Um, but i think you know really good writing um kind of back to like the this is water speech and good art in general like reveals something about what it means to be human that kind of we all can relate to in some way or that we can all kind of recognize I mean I think John Green does a great job of doing that in a lot of his essays in a really simplistic way, but he can also kind of convey beauty in like in a way that anybody can read mm-hmm. um, which is why I, I really loved it um, I'd, I'd recommend it to, to anybody. Um,
0: when did you pick this this book up? Did someone recommend it to you or just find it in the library?
1: Um, so I found it, uh, I'm not sure how I originally heard of it actually. Um, it's a very new book, like it just came out um, a couple months ago I think. Um, I did pick it up in the library. Um, and we were talking about it, so I'm in the library club, and we were talking about it in library club. Um, we were trying to like pick a book for the book club and that book wasn't selected, um, but Miss Scott, who's one of the librarians, maybe check it out anyways. So that's how I ended up ended up reading it. And um, so
0: it's, you just read it very recently. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I just finished it like last week. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it was a great recommendation by her. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. For what's sure. the What's the library club for people who don't know? Yeah. I feel like I feel like I would be uh, I'd, if I were you. I'd be right in there with you
1: <laughs> if yeah. I was in your age. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, we just have like a book club, um, and we also like, Mr. Hastings just came to speak, um, so we kind of, like, it's mostly Miss Scott and um, Miss Garden who kind of run it, but they, like, organize, like, that talk about his his book that he's publishing um, for kind of the whole school. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, like, went down to the lower school to kind of read picture books to them, which was an awesome experience. So it was just kind of, like, a variety of different things, nice like, relating to books, I guess. Yeah. The Hastings book is pretty awesome. I need to get and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. get him
0: back on the podcast to talk about that because I I mean I didn't realize he's he's been grinding for the past yeah. two, two years on this thing. I just listened to your
1: podcast with him like yesterday. <laughs> the, we did that last year. Yeah, and he right, was yeah. kind
0: of in the process of yeah, yeah. of getting it together and and putting it out there. But his talk the other day, I never just realized how many steps there are. Yeah. And, how much time he put into this and man it's pretty cool and he's writing articles for the spectator which is like a huge deal yeah um, so I'm excited to see that and read give it
1: a read yeah no that's awesome and he said he was like getting up at 4 a.m. to write for, like two hours before before you know class and everything it was crazy yeah crazy. I feel like you got you have to do that yeah no, I'm for sure no yeah. other time during the day where yeah, you are yeah. no distractions you know yeah um, but it's, pretty awesome and uh have you read ulysses or no no but it makes me it makes me want to read it i wish i was in the class but it didn't work on my schedule well, I need, yeah i need to read it again so maybe yeah. that's a
0: library club yeah idea. <laughs> yeah um mac thank you very much for coming on today yeah, a great conversation um good luck the rest of the year and uh we'll see you soon awesome. thank you thank you